Week three of college football is in the books, and it's time for draft scenarios. Time to recap it. Why is Michael Penix the best fit for the Atlanta Falcons? We'll tell you next on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Locked On family? Let's get locked in. Welcome back to the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, your daily podcast covering your favorite draft prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your boy, Damian Parson, always on the ones and twos. You can find and follow me on Twitter at DP underscore NFL. I'm a national scout with the Draft Network as well as the, the host of the Locked On Clemson Football Podcast. Guys, happy Monday, and thank you all for joining us. As always, thank you for making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen today and every day. Thank you for being our everydayers, man. But of course, I can't talk football without my guy. The champ is here. As always, my guy, Keith Sanchez. You can find and follow him on Twitter at The Talent Code. Keep talking to him, baby. What's up, Locked On family? This is Keith Sanchez, Senior Draft Analyst with the Draft Network, man, in 2019 National Champ with those LSU Tigers, man. But you know why we're here, right? Myself, DP, Damian Parsons, we are here to bring you that championship-level content surrounding the NFL Draft 24-7, 365. This is where you get the nonstop conversations around the NFL Draft, the best football podcast there is out there, man. But DP, it's Monday morning, and Monday morning, this is quickly becoming my favorite day, right? Because we get the reactions, and we, like we like to do, man, we're combining college football, a little bit of NFL football together to get you to bring you the NFL Draft podcast, man, from Locked On. So DP, our scenarios up today, man, we're going to do our draft scenarios, which we did last week. I really enjoyed it. We're going to continue to do that. Then we're going stock up, stock down, a classic segment over here at Locked On. Then we're finishing that thing up. Like we said, we get to be the coaches. We are handing out game balls. DP, before we kick that off, why don't you hit them with our title sponsor? Today's episode of Locked On NFL Drive is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked On NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash Locked On NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Draft scenarios, ideal fits, Keith, and <clears throat> a guy that balled out. For those who don't know what this segment is, we look at the, the ballers from you know, the week, the the previous week or the most recent week of college football. And we look at those big time performances and give you draft scenarios of where they would fit in the league. And Keith, a guy that threw for almost 480 yards, you know what I'm saying? Michael Penix Jr., 27 to 35, 473, four touchdowns. And I think it was a score, 41 to seven versus Michigan State on the road. When you look at his performance and how he's played last year and even started this season, over 1,300 yards passing in three games, what's the ideal fit for, for, for you, in your opinion? For him well, DP, opinion? this segment lines up perfectly, right? Because I just did my mock draft that dropped on Sunday night over at the Draft Network, so go check that out. And DP, I had Michael Penix going to the Atlanta Falcons, and this is the thing. Michael Penix is putting up ridiculous numbers right now. He's putting up video game numbers. Those are the numbers where you're playing a video game, you put those numbers up, and then you say, 
all right, I wouldn't do this in real life, right? Like nobody would do this in real life because he, like at the half DP, it was some crazy number. And we talked about it on Saturday, right? We talked about how, you know, you was wondering, is there any shot for upset? And we was like, no. no. <laughs> Washington is going to go in here and put up crazy numbers. Um, So DP, I put Michael Penix to the Atlanta Falcons. So I don't know what the Falcons are going to be picking, right? Because they won last week. Let's see if they, they I, I can see him easily falling into that kind of 12 through 20 slot. For the Atlanta Falcons, and the reason being is that we know that there's an injury history, right? And NFL is really weird on what they accept, what they don't accept, right? And so I expect him just to fall a little bit because of that. But the high-level passer that he is, I can see a situation where he's able to surpass Desmond Ritter and that GM, you know, and if the head coach is Arthur Smith, right, they want to go with a high-level passer to get it to to get the football to the Drake London, the Kyle Pitts, and the B. John Robinson. So that's why I had the Michael Penix fit. Nah, Keith, and I think that's a good that's a good fit, man. And I'm a, and the reason why I think it's a good fit is because of the two name, guys you just named, Kyle Pitts and Drake London. And it's not that no knock to Desmond Ritter because we both like Desmond Ritter coming out of Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. But here's yeah. why I, why I like this fit and why I think it's a, a ideal draft scenario. What if I said this entire offseason? The, the entire offseason, Keith, I'm like, I don't believe in Arthur Smith in this in this situation in Atlanta. So it's right. like if this thing goes south. He's out of there. So it means a new coach is going to come in, and they're not going to play football like it's 1965. They're going to absolutely throw the football. You know what I mean? It doesn't make sense, Keith. You draft two talented pass catchers in the top ten in the last four years, and you want to run the ball 95% of the time. It doesn't make sense to me. It's kind of an oxymoron in terms of how you how you handle things, but putting Michael Penix, like the gunslinger mentality, I'm going to tell you uh, – Kind of a comp that I thought about when I'm watching him. He reminds me of a left-handed version of Geno Smith. Okay. Like legit. Like he reminds me of a le- left-handed version of Geno Smith, but you just see the ball placement, accuracy, arm talent. He could push the ball down the field. I, I like that fit, Keith. I like that fit. But Keith, I-, I-, I got one. I got one myself, man. The New York Jets, you know. The Jets. Should okay, look at going, you know. Going. I know Aaron Rodgers. You know he said he's going to play in twenty two. That's fine, Aaron. That's cool. You can come back and play for one more year, and then let Shador Sanders take over the reins. Because what what was one of the biggest things, Keith, that we had issues with when it came down to, to Zach Wilson being in New York, right? Going from Bir- Birmingham, you know, going from BYU, right? Going from all all of that small area to that big bright lights of New York City. Just felt like it was it, when things go south. Could he handle the pressure? And he ha- he he has shown so far that he he can't. Now, like we'll see how this season goes, and maybe this changes. But for a franchise quarterback, I think Shador Sanders brings the the poise and everything that we talked about. Like I, I continue to say the things that we talk about with Bryce Young, but the accuracy, the ball placement, on script, off script, on time. You know, different off platform, all those things. But Keith, but like last, you know, just just like I think it was this Saturday when we like I think I, I mentioned I brought up the Tom Brady thing. I was like, he's got some Tom Brady in him. And what did he say in the post in the post game conference? Right in the same Brady picture, mode. he's like, I went Brady mode. They asked him, you know, bro, you you fourth quarter you're down eleven points. Your offense has not played uh, up to par. Your offensive line is absolutely terrible in terms of protecting you. And no matter how many times he was hit, he was sacked seven times last week. He just kept balling. But he on your on your two yard line down eight, he drove them down the field, scored, then got the two point, 
and won in overtime, and, Brady mode. Yeah, and DP, that's not just any. And we talked about this on a Saturday on a live show. If you haven't tapped in with us, make sure y'all tap in with us on Saturday mornings at 9.30 Central Time. But pregame, right, we talked about how Shador, how he handled everything from a mental perspective. And I talked about watching him on ESPN. Now you got to set the scene, DP. And it's it's not – I don't even know what time it was. West Coast, right? I'm on Central Time. So right, it was it was, was 2 1 o'clock right? in the morning for me, right? But it may have been 10 o'clock, you know, Colorado <laughs> time, right? But it's 10 o'clock at night. You have a, a packed house. You're at home. You've done all these interviews. Your father and they talk all of this trash, right? And, and I don't, you know what? I'm not going to say trash. They went back and forth. Him and other coach went back and forth. And your father said, my team is going to show up, and they're ready to rock and roll. Y'all are losing, right? And then not only that, on the sideline, you have Lil Wayne there. You have Dwayne The Rock Johnson. You have Offset. It looks like the red clock. Yeah, the, you, it looks literally looks like the red carpet for one of these award shows, right? Mm. All of these people on the sideline to watch y'all win, and y'all are losing. You see what I'm saying? Y'all are losing. So the amount of pressure to go in the game, and then, like you said, to tap in and be like, you know what? I'm going to go Brady mode, and Brady mode means this. I'm not missing. And that was a masterful drive, right? He decided, I'm going to tap in. I'm going to lock in. And we about to move this football down the field. So, DP, I agree with you 100% from the mental perspective. And like I always talk about with quarterbacks, I get the arm strength and everything else. The mental. What is their mental, right? And Shador saying it seems to be a really good fit from a mental perspective. DP, I want to wrap this segment up with my guy, uh, LSU Tiger. Man, Malik Neighbors, yes. 13. Look at for those look at the screen 13 receptions 239 yards two total touchdowns dp he could have went for 350 right he went for no, 240 he could have went for 350 uh mississippi state I, I don't know what's going on down there. I, I have no idea but malik neighbors made it his day and i have him in a draft scenario to the denver broncos and i know it's not the, the sexiest pick and it's not the biggest lights right but if russell wilson and sean Payton can kind of get this thing together when you look at that receiver core it diminished a lot, right? When you had the, the KJ Hamler and his situation, and you know, Jerry Judy has the hamstring, and then was that Tim Patrick, right? Who tore to tore his yeah. ACL mm -hmm. of Achilles, like, but I know it's back-to-back -back significant injuries, right? And then Cortland Sutherland is aging, you know, like they need a playmaker at the wide receiver position. That is not the same receiver core that when Russell Wilson first got there, right? So right, I, right. I I put Malik neighbors there because he's a good run after the catch guy. He 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 showed he can track the football, right? And I think it, unlike because we're like, okay, how is this different from last year with Keyshawn Boutte? It appears that he's going to have the numbers to back it up. Like his mm -hmm. play is going to be consistent and allow him to keep himself sustained in that first round conversation. I don't expect it just to nose dive off and he's able to stay there. So DP, I had I had Malik Neighbors to the Denver Broncos just to kind of wrap it up. Something fun, right? Like then I, I like that fit. Okay, cool. It gets, it's DP approved, like so I'm good with it, right? It's DP approved, and I'm good with it. So DP, let's keep this thing going. Let's keep this thing flowing, man. Coming up next, like we said, uh, uh, this is a, a, a weekly, this is our thing, right? When you think a lot going to fail draft, you think stock up, stock down. So we're going to get into our, some of our favorite performances, and then some of the performances that are a little bit concerning for us as draft prospects coming up next. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team 
faster and for free. Guys, it's easy. Just create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. Add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. You will have simple tools at your disposal, like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skill set and experience so you quickly, so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It is why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on nfl that's linkedin.com slash locked on nfl to post your job for free terms and conditions apply the stock market is open keith it opens up every monday you know what i mean open ups every monday after college football and when you look at stock up stock down man and the performances after this past week keith i, I mean we talked about Shador sanders right in that colorado versus colorado state game i gotta talk about this young man here Tory Horton, Keith, like stock all the way up. This young man went out there, Keith, and he balled out of control. I think it was like 16 catches, 133 yards, and a touchdown. And it was just a variety of things that he showed, right? He showed body control, uh, hand-eye coordination, speed. But the quick twitch ability after the catch is what I really appreciated from him because, as I mean, I was tweeting – especially late in that game, Colorado didn't know how to handle mesh concept to save their life. They couldn't stop uh, the cross. They passing all. it off, whether to run with it or not, whether to give it a tube <laughs> alert and let it float. They, that was giving Bro, them all types of drugs. No communication whatsoever between each other. It was just like, oh, I'm going to hit my landmark. Oh, this guy's running past me. All right, cool. I'm, as long as I get to my spot, that's all that matters. But, this, uh, you know, you, you see him in the quick game on those crosses, catch the ball, square up a defender, and then make guys look silly with his moves after the catch to create yards, you know, after the catch and, and get upfield. Man, I, I think this is a – this 2024 wide receiver group is really, really talented, and this is a stock. I, I feel like a lot of people didn't know much about him. I watched him in the summer. I was impressed with his game, and I was like, all right. I know – I think it was Jim Nagy talked about – I think Jim Nagy was the one who said that, like, a lot of Power 5, other Power 5 teams – Bigger schools wanted this kid, and he's decided to stay um, at Colorado State. And Keith, that might have been a you know might have been a good thing for him because now he can shine in moments and, and shine for a team that nobody really thought had any NFL talent. Yeah, I agree. He, he in DPI is it was funny, right? Because last night I'm watching him. You just care. You just keep hearing Tory Horton, Tory Horton. I'm like, wait, is that? Because you know you're just so used to. I guess the the sons of you know the the Hall right, of yeah, Famers yeah. and the former NFL players, and I thought I was like I was thinking of Tory Holt though. They're like that's what happened. I was oh thinking, yeah, oh, I was just thinking of another ball. I'm like man, Marvin Harrison Jr., Tory Holt Jr. I'm like oh man, we rolling right now. But then I actually thought about it. I'm like no, I'm like his name was Tory Holt, not Tory Horton. Um, but yeah, the, the, he he's supremely talented, man. And you've seen the finesse, you've seen the instincts for the wide receiver position, the the sideline awareness, right? He he really put together and strung together a big game. He came to play. But DP, my stock up, man, and they lost the game, right? But I have to give him all his credit, and that is quarterback from South Carolina, Spencer Rattler. Um, it, it and listen, his his finishing stat line was this. I'm gonna get this out the way so people that's gonna go box score check and be like, well, how's he stock up, right? His finishing stat line was 22 of 42, 256 yards, one touchdown and two interceptions, right? But I'm going to talk about the first half, DP. The first half, I believe he was 14 of 16, 
um, 100 yards and a touchdown. 14 to 16, 100 yards and a touchdown, DP, against Georgia, right? And then we talked about it, right? by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, in the rain, in the rain at Georgia, right? At, against Georgia, mm-hmm. at Georgia, and he played a masterful half of football. We talked about this on Saturday, DP. We said, listen, we don't expect South Carolina to win. At some point, Georgia's team is going to overwhelm South Carolina's team because there's a talent gap. And that's what happened in the second half. Spencer Rattle was playing with the the – against a superior team at the end of the day. But I liked what I seen from him. Did he throw the two interceptions late? Yes, but in that first half, he was locked in. He was feeding the football the right way, right? He was putting, he was making great decisions. He was putting the ball in great situations, uh, putting him in great places for the wide receiver. DP, shout out to you. Um, I seen your boy, Xavier Leggett. He was on stock up last week. Uh, that's a big boy that can move. I'm like, okay, I see why he made stock up uh, for DP last week, man. The boy can move. Um, but I just thought Spencer Ryder played good football. And I tweeted this out. I said, this is the type of half that NFL scouts needed to see from him. Because they they want, like, in, at Oklahoma, right, they knew, okay, Lincoln, Riley, high-powered offense, you could sling the ball all over the yard. But nine times out of ten, right, when you're a quarterback, where do you get drafted, DP? You usually get drafted to a bad team. You know what I'm saying? And so now you're not in the most advantageous situation. You're you're in the opposite. And so I think that he did a good job of going against Georgia for the second time, right? That they played him last year. The second time, like I said, in the first half, he played really good football. They just didn't have enough to muster up the win, right? But he was, I mean, it was what? Up 14 to three, I think, at half. It, mm-hmm. it, was, it was something like that, 14 to three, I believe. And I watched him, I thought it was masterful. So that was my stock of players uh, for Spencer Rattler. I'm gonna do, I'm gonna jump into the film, put some, you know, put some film out there on Twitter because I, I think he played really well. No, he, he did, man. And for, for all things considered, like Georgia couldn't get back there to him because they were getting the ball out of his hand quick in that first half. He was decisive with his reads and his throws. You saw the maturation process where. In that first half, he was not forcing things. Those two late interceptions, they don't really, I don't really, I, I don't really care about them, right? Because the game was basically technically over. You know what I mean? It was just like, mm-hmm. yeah. And, was, and Georgia started blitzing the crap out of him in that did. second half to get themselves back into that game because they couldn't, you know what I mean? They just couldn't figure out, they couldn't get back there quick enough in the first. Yep. I agree. So, so who DP, who do you have? I know you have one other guy. This is stock up and it's called stock down. Who's the stock down player for you? A guy that I was excited to see this year from Georgia and it's running back, you know, Kendall Milton, Keith, you know, he in, in three games, you know what I'm saying? Three games this year, he has not eclipsed 10 carries, right? In, in a game where the run game was so important for Georgia, because it was, uh, I think it's Dijon, uh, Dijon Edwards, the the other running back. Um, he was the guy who got all the carries, had over 100 yards rushing. But when you look at the last, especially like the, even the last two weeks, against Ball State, 7 for 18, 2.6 yards per carry. Against South Carolina, 7 for 25, 3.6 yards per carry. I just expected his kid to be, to this young man, to be a more, more of a fixture in his offense. And... I have not seen the things even when he was in all, you know, when he does get the tears, I, was, I haven't been impressed. You know, Edwards is out there with a brace on and he's stringing together jump cuts and lateral and vertical cuts to evade and be elusive in open field, man. I, right now, you're talking about, you know, draft stock, uh, his, you know, Kendall Milton stock right now for the 2024 NFL draft is, is, uh, is, is down right now. 
Yeah, so DP, is this something, and I know you just talked about the wine Edwards, Dejan Edwards. Is it fixable or is it an instinct thing? Like what what are you seeing from that perspective? Because I remember Kendall Milton from high school, um, an extremely talented football player. Like I, I I told you, like he went to Georgia and I told the kid this on the recruitment. I'm like, man, your skill set reminds me of similar similar to what a Todd Gurley can be, right? Because he's talking about this guy 6'1, 230 pounds, runs a four. Four four, right? Like he he was that complete of a back and catch the ball out of the backfield, everything. And and I will say I'm surprised to not see it come together, especially at Georgia. So what is the biggest issue for like is it correct? Is it correctable? Or is it just one of those things like you, you have it or you don't? Man, I feel like he I feel like he has the talent. It's just I do think instinctively, I don't see where like the feel of the game, you know what I mean? The spatial awareness, knowing the peripheral vision, knowing what bodies are, where defenders are coming from to make those quick moves and cuts and jab steps and things. So it, it's just hard. It's just hard, man. Cause I think he, right now he might be more better, more suited in just a downhill being an alley runner, um, you know, and, and giving them a lane that somebody has to create on his own. Okay, cool. That that makes sense. That makes sense. Well, look, let's keep rolling, man. We have our last segment of the day, and we're talking game balls. Like you said, we get to be the coach. We jump into the locker room. We're handing the game off to the performer of the week that we feel like resulted in the win. So coming up next, the game ball segment. Snap into the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, guys, new customers can get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a bet of $5. Let me repeat myself. If you bet 5 bucks, $5, new customers, brand new to the, to the site, can get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. It does not matter. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time or place to get in on all the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so, so much more, guys. You Money line, all of it, okay? So all you need to do is visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. Coach K and Coach DP, it's time to give out the game balls, man. Keith, uh, we talked about them earlier for me. My game ball goes right back to Colorado. Shador Sanders, 38 of 47, 348, uh, four, four passing touchdowns, and just the, the, the mental toughness, the poise, the control. Uh, never, and, and I'm going to point out, when that cheap shot was made, right, to, to, to Travis Hunter on the left sideline, that was tar- like I don't know what targeting means in the, in college football no more. That was clearly targeting. You know what I mean? That's an ejectable type of play because the ball was not even catchable. It wasn't in the frame, and the guy still hit him and, and rib shot him. So he's Travis Hunter's out for a couple of weeks. His quarterback was the only person that ran down and got into the guy's face, and that was Shador Sanders. He went down there and he let him know. And it, it, it felt like it, it, when he talked about Brady and how Brady's his mentor and they text and everything. I'll never forget. I, it was a, uh, I think it was my name might have been Antoine. He played for the Steelers. I remember him in the media. This was like maybe a, oh, about a decade ago. He talked about he talked trash leading up to their game versus the Patriots, and Tom Brady targeted this guy for the entire game. He might have given up all three hundred yards that Tom Brady threw for. 
Like, he he literally targeted him all game. And when he went to him, he got in his face and let him know, I'm like, that. this is your fault, right? And it was that same type of thing because that same drive, I think Shador Sanders drilled a, a, a in-breaker for a post for a touchdown where that safety who made the shot on uh, Travis Hunter couldn't get back there, man. The, the poise, everything that he brings, ball placement, accuracy, the mental part of the game that, you know, just the, the mental makeup, man, the game ball got to go to Shador. Down eight, on your own two, he says Brady mode, goes down, scores the eight, wins in overtime. Shout out to Shador Sanders. I like it. I, I, and it's obviously well-deserving. DP, you know me, man. I'm an SEC guy. So I'm going to mm-hmm. a SEC performance, and I'm going to give it to two guys. I'm going okay. to Florida. I'm going to Gainesville. I'm going to the Swamp. They had a matchup with number – was it number 14? Number 11, Tennessee. 11? Number 11, Tennessee. Yeah. Um And – Let's just say Coach Billy Napier needed this one. He needed yes. this win, and they got the win. They got it in dominant fashion. They got it in a physical fashion, DP. And I have to give the game ball to two running backs. One, they're both transfers, and would you know it? They're both from Louisiana, DP. That's why we have so much <laughs> talent in this state. Uh, Montreal Johnson and Trevor ATN, the little brother of Travis ATN, man. Um, And listen, I'm going to read the stats real quick. Um. Travis, Trevor, Trevor Etienne, I almost confused myself just now. Trevor Etienne went 23 attempts, 172 yards and a touchdown. Montreal, he went 12 attempts, 23 yards and a touchdown. But when you watch the game, it was the mentality that they ran with. They set the tone. Graham Mertz, I think he threw for under 200 yards, right? They set the tone in this game, and they carried the Florida Gators to a win, right? And, and, and you almost, what you seen, DP, or what I felt like I seen was uh, the birth of an offensive identity. And you talked about, you know, Coach Napier on here and, you know, how things seem out of sync. It seems like, okay, we found something. Let's roll with that. Mm-hmm. And what we found was this running game. We start the running game and then play everything else off of that. Establish the run first and then figure out everything else. Um, the defensive secondary, they played pretty well right against this Tennessee offense. Um, they dialed up some pressure they got after. But my game balls are definitely going to Trevor ATM and Montreal Johnson just for setting the tone, man, being physical um, from the running back position and setting the tone for this entire team. Two talented running backs that that, that bring is, is when you play in that Florida offense, it was like that last year, too. It's a hard hat, you know, lunch pail type of game when, when you're mm-hmm. dealing with that offense because they're going to run the ball. And those two running backs run hard. And, and Trevor, like, I, and I've said this, you know, I said it last year when he was a what freshman or whatever in Florida. I think he's better than his brother. You know what I mean? Like, I, I truly do in terms of different stylistic, very like, different, like from build and everything, like Travis. What is like, you know, 5'11", 200 pounds. You know, he, he he's a strider, straight line, sprinter type. And then Trevor is a, a you know, he going to put his foot in the ground, you know, do different things, lateral cuts, mm-hmm. jump cuts, things like that. And he's also built different. He's probably 5'8", 5'9", 210, right? Like just a totally different right. build than what Travis is. No, 100%. I just think that this, this run game – it, it, it's they're so tough, man. Like it's so physical. He's five, yeah, he's five nine, like two two oh five, two ten. Yeah. So like you see it, the quads, the 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 <laughs> compact build. Like he's low center of gravity. He still got, he got the speed of his brother too. He still got that speed to go along with it, man. So now nah, I, I like that you gave both of those running backs there just do because if they're this offense is going to have success, it's going to be on the backs of Tra- Trevor Etienne. I almost call him Travis too. Trevor Etienne and Montreal Johnson. But Keith, that's our show, man. 
Wait, real, real quick, I, before we wrap up, DP, I got to give a shout out to one person. And yeah, you running back the freshman Caleb Jackson. Oh, um, that he hit the defender. He hit him. <laughs> and I was like, dude, this is bad. And DP, it instantly reminded me of Leonard Fournette against Ole Miss. You remember that? And I was at yes. that game, and you physically felt like the defender bounced off the ground. Like he hit him with so much impact that the defender body bounced off of the ground and bounced back up. Um, that was the same thing with Caleb Jackson. You tweeted out, DP, you said, well, this guy's the absolute unit, unit, yes. tank, um, whatever the whole you call thing, building, whatever you want to call him. I can't wait till they give this guy to rock some more, but I wanted to give him a shout out. And this is not till he's a freshman, right? So we're talking yeah. about 2026 NFL draft, but no, uh, legit, seen, like, definitely go check that highlight out because uh, it was crazy. But DP, I'm going to go ahead and do it. We're going to wrap up this show, man. That was fun. I just had to get a shout out to the running back, man. Sure. But that was a good show, man. That was a Monday morning. We started our week off, right, man? We talking about positive vibes, good energy, man. Like we say, football is rocking and rolling, man. Y'all make sure to tap in with us. You know where to find me. You know where to talk to me at. You can find me on Twitter at the talent code DP. Damian Parson, you can find him at DP underscore NFL. Like we always say, man, talk to us because we talk back. And shout out to our everyday is for tapping in with us, man. We appreciate y'all. We are three weeks into this thing, heading on to week four. So make sure y'all stay tapped in because we are here the entire draft process, the whole thing. Now, nah, listen, go subscribe and follow for free on YouTube, wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episode as soon as it is available. Uh, hit the bell notification so you're notified when any time we drop content. Thank y'all for making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen today and every day. And like he said, shout out to our everydayers, man. On tomorrow, we'll be back talking NFL, rookie report, game ball for the NFL week two. All of that's tomorrow. Let's see who performs. Let's see who doesn't. We'll have all that, all those discussions tomorrow on Tuesday's show, Tuesday morning. So tap into that. Like he said, follow us on Twitter. And as always, talk to us because we do talk back. Come and join the conversation again tomorrow on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.